This episode features dramatizations of harm to minors, to animals, and brief references to suicidal ideation, incest, and sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Please note the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of any single depiction of the Sphinx. Today's episode combines elements from a number of Greek legends and stories for dramatic effect. Hello everyone, I'm Vanessa Richardson, and this is Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. Each week, we travel the world in search of the most epic creatures from myth and legend, exploring who they are, where they come from, and what they say about the culture they terrorized. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Today, we meet the Sphinx, one of the most famous monsters of classical antiquity. You can find etchings of the Sphinx on ancient gravestones and warning signs throughout the Mediterranean, as they were considered the perfect supernatural watchdogs. But these flying lions are anything but subservient. They're mischievous, enigmatic, and dangerous. And they love to play with their food. Coming up, we meet a very clever cat. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. It feels like we're all being told to go on this diet, take that supplement. Ozempic will give you depression, but you know what'll cure that? Weed. Or you could try to balance your hormones. At Science Versus, we're like, what the f*** is going on? Forget the crap online and listen to Science Versus. Just the facts. Oh, and a bunch of stupid jokes. What is a ghost's favorite fruit? Booberries. That's Science VS. New season out on Spotify soon. Anyone who went through an Egyptology phase probably knows the Sphinx, a winged lion with the head of a human. While popular tradition suggests that sphinxes are always feminine, that's not necessarily the case. The Egyptian Great Sphinx of Giza reportedly represented the old kingdom pharaoh, Khafra. Lion and human composite creatures can be found in legends from all over the African and Asian continents. So while they're generally wise and protective, they come in quite a few different variations. In fact, it's not until the Greeks imported the Egyptian version of the Sphinx into their own legends that the creature picked up its most notorious characteristic, its love of tricks and riddles. If you can solve one of its puzzles, you might not be devoured. (laughs) 
Mount Olympus's gates had been barred to fix the Sphinx for as long as she'd existed. Creatures like her were deemed too inconsequential to find a home here. The gods viewed her as little more than a conquest for their half-human children. So when Fix received a scroll of summons, she considered not going. A belated invitation was worse than no invitation at all. Plus, the gods were probably just calling her because they were angry. She had eaten the goddess Artemis's sacred deer. Still, curiosity had a way of wriggling under her skin. Fix couldn't resist the chance to see the gods' home. She glided between the ivory gates on her white wings, her golden fur glinting in the sun. She loved the breeze and the smell of fresh fruit and wine in the air. She dipped her head to enter the Palace of Olympus and marveled at the white marble columns that held up the stone roof above. Fix would have been happy to call Olympus home, were it not for the gods that infested it. Fix let her paws sink down to the tiled floor. Each square depicted battles between gods and their enemies, detailed in small broken pieces of ceramic. Her father, Typhon, was shown trying to scale Mount Olympus. The next square showed Zeus crushing his smoke and magma form, casting him down to eternal pain in Tartarus. It sent a shiver down her spine. A voice broke through Fix's thoughts. Would you like to see where that appalling three-headed dog is depicted? Your brother Cerberus? Fix looked up. This woman, with fiery curls and angular features, looked more like one of her monstrous siblings than a god bent on twisting the world to their will. She could see her as the model for a harpy or a siren. There were no signs of monstrosity, no talons or teeth, but that just made her feel even more dangerous. Fix couldn't let the insult to Cerberus stand. My brother has yet to be defeated. The woman let out a soft chuckle. Not yet, and he makes a good companion for my brother, Hades. But we gods can see things that the rest of you can't. Fix felt her ears prick up in curiosity, and she was tempted to search the tiles for a clue about her own future. But perhaps it was better not to know. The woman smiled as she would at a child. Oh, little Sphinx, I don't mean to frighten you. Come closer. Fix watched the woman warily. Just so you know, Hera invited me. The woman laughed. I am Hera, goddess of marriage, the sky and the stars, and mother of all. Fix quivered. She hadn't realized she was dealing with the goddess they called mother of all. Hera strode down the hall, snapping at Fix to follow. Artemis is quite upset about you eating her deer, and a punishment is in order. Fix cursed her own curiosity about Olympus. It was the kind of thing that could get a cat killed. But then Hera smiled. Still, I'm going to give you a gift instead, a hunting ground. Would you like that? Fix narrowed her yellow-green eyes. Why are you being kind? Hera's smile was feline, like Fix's, glowing and sharp. 
The citizens of Thebes have behaved very badly, and they need to be taught to respect the forces of fate. Fix cocked her head, her wings rustling. She knew how these things usually went. If I am to ravage a city, then what hero will end my life, O mother of all? Fix expected Hera to be upset, but she only looked bored. If this is about your lion brother Anemia, I laid Hercules out for him. That was not my fault. Fix knew about Hercules. He was the greatest son of the gods, but she had only seen him once or twice when she'd been hiding amid the rocks on faraway roads. He'd come striding past, wearing the skin of the Nemean lion around his shoulders. She'd never been so glad that she could fly. Hera seemed to realize she'd taken the wrong approach. I will send no hero your way. What's more, I'll give you something very rare indeed. A promise. Fix had always been taught to never trust a god, but she'd never been offered an oath before. She asked what Hera had in mind. Hera smiled. Do whatever you wish. No man, woman, monster, or god may harm you as long as you stay in Thebes, where you can hunt and frolic and feast to your heart's content. You must only think of some sign of protection for my other chosen few. I can't have you eating one of my priestesses, can I? Fix nodded slowly. Perhaps this wasn't a bad deal. She wouldn't just avoid punishment, but she'd get to play a fun little game with the humans, too. Fix purred. A riddle. If they can solve my riddle, they may go free. Hera wasn't amused. She asked what the riddle would be, but Fix just smiled. Oh, your followers will be able to guess it. They are the wisest around, aren't they? Hera frowned. She couldn't disagree without harming her pride, so she nodded. We have an agreement. Fix had done what no child of Typhon ever had. She had protection from the gods, and now she was the master of her own fate. Her purring rattled her bones as she took flight, breezing past the white gates and back to Earth. Fix did happy little cat stretches in the air as she drew closer to the great city of Thebes. The land was lush and green, and a blue lake sparkled under the northern cliffs. It was a lovely place to make a home, and a lovely place to feed. A young man, no older than 20, was walking along the road to the city's gates. She swooped down and pushed him to the ground, her front paws pressed against his chest. She ignored his whimpers, but she gave him his chance as promised. If you wish to survive, you must answer my riddle. He nodded nervously as she grinned and purred. She loved many riddles, but this had to be the perfect one, full of irony and twists with a majesty that petty gods and pathetic men could never conjure. It was a very important thing to decide on. Yes, she had it. What speaks with one voice, yet goes on four feet in the morning, 
two feet at noon and three feet in the evening. She watched the humans search his mind, breath heaving in panic. Give up? The boy begged for more time, for three guesses, for a chance to serve her in exchange for his freedom. But Fix didn't want any of that. She only wanted to feed. Coming up, the Sphinx makes Thebes her own. Hi, listeners. It's Carter from ParCast, and I am thrilled to tell you about a new limited series I'm hosting just in time for Father's Day. It's called Devious Dads, and it introduces you to some of the most feared, fraudulent, and fatal fathers in history. Every Sunday on Spotify, discover the men who started out as role models and ended up becoming real-life criminals like Wall Street financier Bernie Madoff, whose billion-dollar Ponzi scheme destroyed countless families, including his own. Or Marvin Gaye Sr., whose envy and resentment towards his son's successful music career drove him to murder. Each episode of Devious Dads has been handpicked from shows across the ParCast network, shining a light on the men who are far more wicked than wise. This summer, catch a glimpse of the frightening side of fatherhood. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Devious Dads. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. The goddess Hera had gifted Fix with something no other beast had been given. Instead of being at the mercy of the gods and their children, the Sphinx had total freedom to feed as she pleased, but only in the city of Thebes, and only as long as they couldn't solve her impossible riddle. After leaving the corpse of her first victim at the gates as a warning, she circled the city from above for hours. She flapped her wings and watched the news of her arrival spread. People clustered together in doorways as the sun crawled high in the sky, staring anxiously at the shrinking shadows. She was used to people fearing her, but now she no longer had to fear them. With their flailing strikes or sharp arrows, she had the protection of the gods. It was Fix's time to play. Fix landed in the middle of a great field to the west of the city, one lush with grain and tall olive trees. She used her back legs to kick up the soil. She ripped at the humans' food with wild abandon until it was destroyed. Then she shifted her attention to the livestock. So many helpless creatures. 
Fix tore their throats out and dragged the carcasses into the water canals. She spit her own poisonous venom into the lake. She couldn't wait for the days to drag on as the people grew more desperate for sustenance. They'd never shared their land with her, not peacefully. They deserved to know what it felt like to scrounge for scraps when you expected a full meal. When she destroyed what she could, she went strolling through the streets. Parents grabbed their children and dashed into their homes. Mighty hunters dropped their weapons and ran. Mortals were so easy to scare. Fix laughed. A set of guards with the image of the god Apollo on their shields approached Fix. They ordered her to stop in the name of the god of sun and light. This was Apollo's city, they said, and he would defend it. Fix suddenly felt a tinge of nerves. She had never fought so many mortals at once. But then she saw their puny swords. She reminded herself, none of these men had an ounce of God's blood inside them. None had seen the terrors she had. They hadn't watched creatures be ripped apart for the simple crime of existing. They hadn't seen an innocent life like the Nemean lions ended in the name of valor. These men patrolled as though they fought titans, but they'd only dealt with petty crimes. They could catch a robber, maybe a murderer, if he was slow and drunk enough. They were no match for Fix. She flapped her wings lazily and rose above them. The captain of the guard had only sent nine soldiers to fight her, while the rest of their city cowered. She dove straight through them, knocking their shields out of their hands. One or two blades came near enough to cut her, but fate, or Hera, made them miss. One stupid soul rushed forward with his sword trembling in his hands. She could tell that he saw himself as the hero of some great story. It was pathetic how these mortals clung to their myths, even when the gods had abandoned them. Fix knocked the sword out of his hands and used her back paws to slash into the sides of his face. Each of his screams sent a rush of joy through her. She dropped the man and turned back to the waiting gaggle of guards. They grasped their weapons nervously. Fix smiled. Who wants to solve a riddle? Their armor clattered as they shook in fear. It was music to her ears. What goes on four feet, two feet, and three feet as the sun moves through the sky? The men looked at her blankly, near tears. Fix purred. No one knows? Well then, how shall I decide who lives and who dies? She flew up to settle on top of a market stall, the canvas bending under her weight. She bit at her front claws to sharpen them as she deliberated, enjoying the pulse of fear crackling through the air. Hercules could challenge her now, and she'd still feel all-powerful. She finished the last nail, then announced, I've got it. Only one of you will live. She kicked a forgotten sword towards the men. Fight for it. 
They blinked at her, looking from her cold eyes to the cold steel. Then they looked at the crowd that surrounded them, who were counting on their protection. Fix didn't understand how this was confusing. That smooth smile broke for a moment as she roared, Fight for it! They flinched. Then one guard slammed another into a wall. Knives came out. The armored men stumbled against each other, all honor and decorum lost, as they fought for the honor of surviving an encounter with the Great Sphinx. Fix watched the action with a lazy, contented gaze. Mortals were so easy to push beyond the bounds of their supposed heroism. When only one bloodied guard remained, she gave a lazy stretch, then bit his head off. Just then, a loud voice called out, Stop, foul beast! I am Creon, lord of this city, and your terror will end! An old man emerged from the frightened crowd. His robes and beard were purest white. His eyes were haunted. Fix suspected that he had seen much death like her. She didn't appreciate how she almost felt for him. She rolled her eyes. You are no lord of this city. It belongs to me now, courtesy of the gods you offended. The old man looked rattled. What offense have we made? We are in mourning for our King Laius, my sister Jocasta's husband. He was slaughtered on the road. Begone, and let us mourn in peace. Fix grew bored. Do not seek to order me about, Creon of Thebes, or I will drag out your destruction. He attempted defiance. You will be defeated, Sphinx. Your kind always is. Fix slunk towards him, tail swishing angrily behind her. Send out messengers, old man. Bring all your heroes and hopes and dreams. I am the nightmare you all deserve, and I will be your undoing. Fix's eyes glittered. But be kind to your champions, Creon. Let them know the dangers. For if they cannot solve my riddle, I will devour them all. Fix beat her wings, leaping into the air. She soared over the white buildings to rest on the high battlements that surrounded the city. She lounged on the pale stone, her wings folded against her back as she basked in the sun. Hera stood there too. Together, they laughed and watched the messengers hurry down the road, glancing back at the city with pale, terrified faces. Hera reached out to scratch Fix behind her ears, without asking. Fix's first instinct was to claw at the goddess, but then she remembered. All of this was because of Hera. She could actually trust a god for once. Or at least she hoped she could. Fix was unnerved at the way Hera still cackled long after the messengers had disappeared from sight. Coming up, the Sphinx meets her final opponent. Now back to the story. 
In the month that passed, none of the young men who rushed to Lord Creon's aid even came close to answering Fix's riddle. The Sphinx continued to terrorize the city of Thebes with her claws and fangs, with the goddess Hera's permission. Creon grew desperate. He offered rulership of Thebes and the hand of the newly widowed queen to whoever could save the besieged city. This brought more champions, which meant more food for Fix. It got monotonous, but tempting as it was, Fix never gave all her challengers any hints to the riddle. She kept her sharp teeth hidden behind an enigmatic smile, even as the men pleaded, Please, just a few guesses? It's only fair. She said nothing and showed no mercy. Humans had never shown her any mercy. Fix did have to be disciplined, as there were only so many humans in Thebes. She confined her feast to those who tried to enter or leave the city. It still made for plentiful meals, as champions were always trying to enter, and frightened citizens were always trying to escape. One day, a young man came walking up the cliffside road to Thebes. He had no sword or shield, just a satchel and a jug of wine. He called up to the battlements. My name is Oedipus. I come to Creon's rescue, glorious Sphinx. Now, test me. Fix swept down from the city walls, landing right in front of him. She smiled. Certainly, my young friend, what speaks with one voice, yet goes on four feet in the morning, two feet at noon, and three feet in the evening? Oedipus made the usual human thinking face. Fix still found it amusing to watch them scrunch up their brow in confusion. She waited for him to squirm and beg. Like many other would-be heroes, he reasoned out loud, so no groups then, one voice, or perhaps a Greek chorus. No, wait, that's not my answer. Fix could have eaten Oedipus right then, but she hadn't heard that guess before, so she let him continue. She could feel saliva gathering on her tongue and teeth. His fear and confusion made her hungry. His voice shook as he realized how doomed he really was. He muttered, some kind of metamorphosis, perhaps. If you pick the legs off of a butterfly, Fix's muscles rippled as she prepared to spring, but Oedipus's face went blank. It was entirely inhuman, and it unnerved her. Then he asked simply, Man? Fix's smile fell. What? Oedipus frowned and narrowed his eyes. He seemed to be in great pain, his whole body shaking in protest. Fix was sure his mind had broken from the effort. She watched him take a deep breath. Maybe he'd scream or sob. She'd love that. But then Oedipus just sneezed. He wiped his nose and returned to his annoyingly affable self. Sorry about that. Yes, man crawls on four legs as an infant, walks on two in his prime, and carries a walking stick in his twilight years. My answer is man. 
Fix let out a rough growl. That was her riddle, her perfect, ironic riddle that showed man knew nothing, not even himself. But he'd solved it. So much as she wanted to tear his body into tiny ribbons, she was bound by her promise. So she waved a paw. He could enter Thebes. He smiled, surprised. Thank you, Sphinx. I never thought I'd be a king, but I suppose I'll end up marrying Queen Jocasta and ruling Thebes. In fact, I'd be very grateful for your service in guarding the city. Let bygones be bygones and join me. I hear your brother Cerberus has a nice life as Hades' pet. Fix growled. I am no one's pet. She couldn't stop herself. Fix flew up in the air, roared, and launched herself at Oedipus. But the young man calmly ducked, and Fix shot over the cliff down into the rocky valley. She landed with such anger and force that it caused a rock slide. She heard the citizens of Thebes cheer up above. The Sphinx is dead. Long live Oedipus. Fix sighed. She wasn't dead, but she did feel lifeless. She stalked into a cave to lick her wounds and figure out how that clueless little man had solved her riddle. After no luck, she growled Hera's name in frustration. The goddess appeared beside her. What's wrong, little Sphinx? Fix slumped in defeat. Thebes is saved, but the man who solved my riddle is ordinary. He hardly seems worthy of being one of your chosen. I've failed you. Hera laughed. Oh, Sphinx, he is one of my chosen, but some I choose to protect and others I choose to destroy. Fix's eyes narrowed. What do you mean? Hera moved to sit closer to Fix, but Fix pulled away. Oedipus is a long-lost son of Thebes. His father, Laius, Creon's brother-in-law and Thebes' slain king, gave him away as a baby after the gods prophesied that he'd kill his father, which he already has, though he didn't know he was killing his father at the time. Now Fix's eyes widened in horror. So if Oedipus is to marry Laius's widow, Jocasta, Hera, that woman is... Hera cackled. Yes, his mother. And when they find out, after years of happy marriage, it will unleash chaos on Thebes, a permanent stain on Laius's line, all for giving his son away and defying the gods' prophecy. <laughs> ah, mortals, such funny creatures. They know so little about the games we play with them. Fix growled. So you just used me to bring him here? Hera was unfazed. Don't be petty. You're only out of sorts because one out of hundreds answered your little riddle correctly. I'll have you know I lost five very loyal worshippers thanks to you. Only one of us is the villain here. Fix realized she'd tasted freedom, but she hadn't been free at all. She was just another obstacle in some tragic hero's way. No, you're the villain, goddess. 
Oedipus's father may have been wicked, but why destroy an entire family? Perhaps it began with justice, but I think you're sowing chaos because you're bored, Hera. I suppose I know that feeling well. Hera's smugness left her. She seemed almost rattled. Thank you for your help, Fix, but I don't think you'll want to stay in Thebes. This will not be pretty. And like a fleeting flame, Hera vanished. Fix flew toward the sun, gazing down at Thebes. No one saw her or screamed in terror because they were too busy being happy. She saw a beautiful outdoor ceremony where Oedipus married the widow Jocasta. She saw Creon's shoulders relax in relief. He thought he'd saved his city when he'd really doomed it. She envied his ignorance and wondered if she could warn them all, but they'd just sling spears at her. No, Fix was done with playing with men and gods. She left Thebes, where everyone thought she was dead anyway. She lived on distant mountains, killing for food and not for fun. But once in a while, she'd track down a lost traveler and ask him a riddle for old time's sake, like this one. There is a house. One enters it blind and comes out seeing. What is it? The answer was a school, but the traveler never knew it. Still a bad guesser made for a good dinner. At least Fix could rely on that. Everything else in her world had gotten more complicated, and she feared her own future was a riddle too. But at least it was one that only Fix got to solve. And she'd have some good, squirming, bloody suppers in the meantime. The Riddle of the Sphinx may be the most famous bit of wordplay in history. It's a highly effective trick as it demands that the solver be able to look at the nature of their own existence to find the answer. There's a beautiful irony in this puzzle about humanity being posed by an inhuman entity. Part of the Sphinx's symbolism ties directly to that animal nature. The Sphinx is mostly lion and its name in Greek is said to translate to the strangler. This may be a reference to the method lionesses use to kill their prey, grappling the animal to the ground and crushing their windpipe. The ancient Greeks certainly feared wild animals, and the Sphinx represents that. But the fact that the Greeks turned the Sphinx into a distinctly feminine creature also hints at another part of her symbolism, a very human fear that masculine mythmakers had of women. When analyzing the Sphinx's role in the Oedipus myth, many scholars view her as a narrative foil for Oedipus's wife and mother, Jocasta. There's a force of fate to both these characters. They're instruments of destiny, instruments that Oedipus has trouble grappling with because they're so different from him. Tying the enigmatic Sphinx to femininity reflects ancient Greek society's view of the feminine as inherently alien, potent but unknowable, pushing man towards a truth he may not want to see. But when you're forced to decide between living horror and certain death, what do you choose? Do you choose at all? 
Or do you simply wait for a smiling sphinx to decide when it's your time to die? Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Trent Williamson, Carly Madden, and Travis Clark. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Lil D. Ritter and Jennifer Riche, with writing assistance by Nora Battelle, fact-checking by Bennett Logan, and research by Adriana Gomez. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Hey there, Carter again. As we close out, here's a reminder to check out my new ParCast limited series, Devious Dads. For 10 weeks, we're exposing the men who are far more flawed than fatherly, ruining anyone who stood in their way, even their own families. Follow Devious Dads free only on Spotify.